This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. From hockey to wrestling, football to golf, no sport left unturned. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning. Welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon, as usual. With me in studio, my co-host, Naz Marchese. And joining us this morning uh, is, of course, uh, Lou Franceschetti, former Toronto Maple Leaf, Buffalo Sabre, Washington Capitol, and a few stints in the AHL, but we won't go there, Lou. Anyways, good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, Naz. Good, good morning, morning, Lou. Lolly. Morning, Wally. How are you today? Good. I'm doing great. Uh, two big stories uh, uh, I think we want to talk about today are the Blue Jays, who are making their run this week. Uh, it's the last week of the season, and they are fighting for a wild card spot. And, of course, a tremendous victory last night by Canada, Canada versus Russia. Um, it was the expected result, and um, although it didn't seem to have the buzz that uh, Canada-Russia historically has had. Uh, So now we're looking forward to Canada in the final of the World Cup, and uh, that's going to be a battle between Canada and either Sweden or Team Europe who are facing off today to decide who's going to face this red and white steamroller of a Canadian team. Uh, Just to want to announce the guests on today's program after the first break, we'll be talking to the owner of the Ottawa Senators, Eugene Melnick. Hopefully we'll be able to connect with him this morning. And in the middle of the hour, an interesting segment with Leo Routens. Leo Routens, of course, uh, a a famous basketball legend in the Toronto area, uh, does some color commentary on Raptors uh, telecasts. Uh, was a great a basketball player himself in the 1970s in the Toronto area. In fact, Naz, correct me if I'm wrong, he may have been the first Canadian ever drafted in the first round of the NBA he was. draft. Yeah. And uh, we're going to be talking to Leo Routens about his time at St. Mike's College School in basketball. Um, certainly we want to chat a little bit about that. But gentlemen, Blue Jays, World Cup, I'll turn it over to you guys. What's, uh, what's on your minds this morning? Well, the Blue Jays are definitely going for the wild card. Boston has uh, rolled nine together, a ninth spot together in a row, and uh, they look unstoppable, and they're going to win the American League East. But I see the wild card only with three teams, two, two teams going after three teams going after two spots, and that's Toronto, Detroit, and uh, Baltimore. And what happened mm-hmm. to the Red Sox? Uh, I mean, we talked to uh, we talked to the infamous Eddie Andelman, the Godfather of Sports Radio, down in Boston about a month ago, and he thought the Red Sox were not much of a team. Um, they certainly got hot at the right time. Uh, what 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 happened? Are they uh, are they a World Series threat? Well, they have great hitting and reasonably good pitching, so that uh, it helps. I mean, uh, they're they're definitely going to win the East for sure. And Louis, uh, you're uh, unfortunately you're uh, the team close to your heart 
And I noticed you're not wearing. Uh, <laughs> I noticed you're not wearing any New York Yankee apparel this morning. In fact, you're not. Uh, you, know, you got no logos anywhere on your uh, in your wardrobe this morning. You look a little bit. Uh, he looks downtrodden. He looks like Team North America. That's what he looks like. Okay, look, look give, us a, give us an assessment. Uh, we, we thought the Yankees made a run, which came really out of nowhere. I mean, uh, to be fair, they they probably over, overachieved based on uh, the talent level and some of the moves that they made because, uh, you know, they didn't seem like they were going anywhere uh, earlier on in the season and at the trade deadline and uh, – um, what happened at the end for the Yanks? Well, one, you'd think I was going to wear my Yankee stuff <laughs> after my favorite Blue Jay Batista hit a three-run homer last night in the eighth and give Naz a little bit of a spark here. But anyways, I think the, the Yankees more or less, um, and this was last Thursday against the Red Sox. They had a three, a four-run lead going into the eighth inning. Uh, Dave Ortiz hits a home run going to the bottom of the ninth and uh, – Betances comes in, and it was a crucial series for them. They either had to come out with a uh, with a uh, with a split, or or take three of four to to make this thing any closer than it uh, than it is right now. And what happens is uh, Henry Martinez or Henry Ramirez hits a three-run homer at the bottom of the ninth, walk off, uh, and that was probably their downfall right there. They had the lead going into the eighth inning in three of the four games. If they hadn't made the deals that they did, they probably would have set out their three, uh, three-headed horse in all three games there and probably could have taken three or four from Boston. That's understandable. But when you lose that first game the way they did, uh, it was more or less, you could see they just weren't ready to, to play or compete with the big boys. And it seems like the Red Sox, you know, right down from one through seven or eight, their players put the bat on the ball. And it doesn't matter as many home runs as they all have, like Ortiz and Betts and uh, Bogarts and uh, Pedroia. They know when they need a single, a double, or a home run. They don't swing for the fences all the time in, at Fenway Park. Uh, Betts beat them with, with a double. Pedroia again beat them with a single. They get on base, and then they let the big boys take take care of things. Anyways, uh Last week for the Jays, this week, a couple of series coming up uh, this week, and they're in, they're in a dogfight for that wild card. They're, uh, uh, and as you put out the stats, I think they're one and a half, two. two one two. and a half ahead of uh, Baltimore, Baltimore and two ahead of Detroit. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's going to be an interesting week. Um, they're certainly in a better position than the two teams behind them, and they're certainly, if the world unfolds as it should, uh, hopefully the, the Jays will have the home game in that wild card. But you posted, uh, sorry, not posted, but you mentioned to me this morning an interesting statistic that uh, I found a little bit surprising. Number one in team pitching. The Blue Jays are number one in team pitching. In the American How, League. And, 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 and through everything that the Jays have been through, I find that a little bit astounding. Uh Expound on that a little bit. Well, what's happened is that, you know, they've got a couple of good pitching performances from Liriano, which nobody expected. They didn't, when he came over from, uh, from Pittsburgh, and they didn't expect him to be as, as good as he has been, and he has been really good. Uh, Stroman has pitched well. Estrada came back and almost pitched a no-hitter last week. Sanchez came back and pitched a great game in a no-decision. 
their starting pitch and Hap has been Jay Jay Hap has been absolutely incredible the whole season. So they, if you look at it, their pitching staff hasn't been that bad, and it shows. It's number one in the in the in the league. And what do we always say? Good pitching beats good hitting, and the Jays do have good pitching. It just doesn't, you know, watching some of the games this year, I mean, yeah, I, I guess the, the the numbers don't lie. It just doesn't seem to have, they seem to have given up uh, uh, bad runs at, the, at a bad time. But you know what? The bottom line is the stats are the stats. Um, it's not necessarily the, the bad runs that they've given up, and pitching's been a strength for them the whole year. If they didn't have the pitching, it, they'd be out of it. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, a, it's a matter of, and everybody goes back, it's the, the hitting. Yeah. When you strike out 50 games, think of this, 50 games they've had 10 or more strikeouts per game uh, with the Jays. It's, it's a matter of sacrificing your at-bat to move runners ahead. Instead of going for the big home that's run, that's not. That's not. We've it, it talked the, it about is, it this. It is the home run. It is everything. I, I get it, Lou. But we've talked about this on the show uh, so often, and I, and I've made the same point. I, I've seen how many times have I seen them in the twelfth inning or whatever, a man on first, none out, bottom of the inning. They're playing at home, and they don't bunt the guy to second base. But that's, you know, we've been through this. They, that's not their game. It's their. That's not. But that's going to be their downfall. They're not structured to play that that kind of a game, and you you know, and the reality is, I've been critical of it. I I, I'm pre- I presume Naz has been critical of it. Naz probably has made the point better than than I have that that's not that's not the skill set on this team. So what do you do? You try and pattern the team after. You try and get these players Boston, to do Boston something that they, that they're not that either. No, the Red you, you, Sox you, you live and die by the sword. Yeah, but right? the Red Sox are the same. Yeah, the Red Sox. Other like, than I mean, how do you do it? You I mean you haven't bunted all year long? Then okay, we're gonna we're gonna get into the thick of a pennant race. Okay, okay, now we're gonna change how we play. Um, well, if if it means that first place or the wild card game, then you might have to do it. If you're telling me in the seventh, eighth, or ninth inning, and they do that. Against a team like Boston, it's going to bring them over the hump. Like, who are you going to face in the first? Uh, you're going to face a Justin Verlander in a wild card game. Maybe, maybe, right? Maybe. Verlander may pitch Sunday because they need the game to get into the wild card. You don't know. Well, you're, you're right. You don't know. Nobody knows that. So, so the earlier you clinch, the better it is, right? Yeah. And then mm-hmm. you got the, you got the uh, and we, uh, just a, just a second here. We got to go to break, and I'll put this out to you guys. Um, you got a week left here. You're still in the thick of a race. So, you know, you can't chuckle your lineup too much or, or your rotation. Well, here's the schedule for yeah. the rest of for the top three. Toronto plays the Yankees twice, Baltimore three times, and Boston three times. And New lucky York about and Baltimore that. Are, in home, yeah. are at home. Detroit plays Kansas City one yeah. game today, four against Cleveland at home, and they go to Atlanta for three. Okay. And Baltimore plays Arizona one game today at home, and then they're away in Toronto and the Yankees. I'd be curious to I'd be curious to figure out, uh, based on what you're saying there, Naz, lining them up now with the normal pitching rotation, the normal Jays rotation. Who does that Who does that put on the mound for the first wild card game? If they go normally, who, who, if you run through how many games we got left, and we run through the rotation. Who's going to be on the mound that first while? I mean, I don't. I know we've got to figure it out. Well, you're not going to find out until after the Baltimore yeah, series. Yeah, after the Baltimore, and then after who the do Baltimore you want? Who do you want Here, on the mound? Here's the two teams that are going to be in the wild card yeah. game. It's going to be the Toronto Blue Jays and the Detroit Tigers, based on the schedule. Baltimore is terrible, terrible on the road, and they have six games on the road. Yankees. Okay, and, so and the, the wild card. Correct me if I'm wrong. 
the season ends on Sunday. The wild card's on the Monday. Two, it's on the Monday. Yeah. So, you know, you're saying Verlander's going to be on the mound on the uh, will anybody wild card. Be, you don't know that. Because, will anybody be going because, to work that day? Because no. they may need Verlander to win a game on Saturday or exactly. Sunday. They're not going to sit him out. Know. It's it's wherever. Because you can't you can't play around with your rotation because you got to win games. You have to win. Because if you don't win the games, you're not in the you're not in the you're not in the wild card. I said, would you want to face a Verlander? Is no, he going to be? Uh, is no. he going to be the guy? What about Fulmer? P- probably rookie of the year. But Detroit saying the th- same thing. Do you want to face Sanchez? Sanchez has eaten Detroit up in the last two. Starts. Anyways, we, you know this is going to be you know? fascinating. This is a thing to keep in, in mind during the rest of the week. Is is do do you play around a little bit to try and get who you want? On the mound, on the no, wild card. you don't do that. And Gibby does has done that a few times, and it hasn't worked. And okay, it and now they've gone back to normal, and they yeah. are they're winning. Anyways, uh, we've got to go to break. We'll be right back after the break uh, with Eugene Melnick. We'll try and connect with Eugene. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville announced that you can get a three-topping party pizza with twenty-four slices for just twenty-four dollars. It's perfect for large groups on a budget, like staff meetings, sports teams. Or special ops units. Go, 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 go. Everybody down. So before you break down any doors, get a three-topping party pizza with 24 square slices for just $24. Call Pizzaville on your cell phone at pound 3636. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge, the best. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. Are they ever wrong about sports? I can answer that in two words. Impossible. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. 
Good morning and welcome back to the Nazawali Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740. And if you're listening in downtown Toronto, you can also tune us in on 96.7 FM. We're trying to connect with Eugene Melnick, the owner of the, of the uh, Ottawa Centres. We should have him with us shortly. Wally, I, uh, the pitcher it will be Sanchez. Sanchez the is sun, the pitcher. Anyways, the I'm advised by our producer that we do have Eugene Melnick on, on the line. Eugene, of course, is the owner, governor, and chairman of the Ottawa Senators. Eugene, good morning, sir. Good morning, sir. How are you this morning? Just great, thank you. Thanks so much uh, for joining us, Eugene. Uh, the World Cup of Hockey. I'm, uh, I'm, I know that, uh, I know that you're, uh, aside from being the owner of the Ottawa Senators, you're obviously a huge hockey fan. Enjoying the uh, tournament so far, Eugene? Uh, I'm, uh, I call it hockey fatigue. This thing, this, <laughs> this knocked me out last night, this game. It was uh, one of the best games I've ever seen, and uh, it just was nerve-wracking, and we're up, we're down, we're missing, we're hitting posts. I mean, I think this, the, the score, we should have doubled up on the score, but um, it doesn't matter. A win's a win, and we're off on Tuesday, and uh, looking forward to seeing the game today. And um, yeah, I think it's, it's a great, great, great series, and for anyone who has not seen uh, Oregano, they really, really should. And cheer on Canada Tuesday or Thursday. We're talking to Eugene Melnick. Eugene, uh, one there was one, uh, you know, one two, uh, two teams in this tournament that were a little bit controversial because they were sort of put together uh, manufactured teams. They're not national teams. Uh, Team Europe, of course, which is still in the tournament, playing the Swedes today, and and the Young Guns. I, I prefer calling them the Young Guns <laughs> rather than Team North America. Yeah. Uh, but that uh, I was skeptical about that team to begin with. But my God, what, when you see them, what no, no, what no. an incredible brand of hockey that those young guys play. And uh, although Canada Russia is always uh, always a rivalry. Man, did we ever miss a spectacle for the ages last night if Canada had a played Team North America. You're, I know. That, uh, I'll tell you, I was skeptical, too, about the North American team. I thought, ah, what's this thing? They put it together. They kind of threw it in to, make, uh, to fill out the eight uh, teams. But in the end, I would be more worried playing them than the Russians or the Swedes. They are just explosive. I've never seen that kind of fast skating. Um, you know, with these, these guys just move the puck so quick. They lose it in a bit of uh, confidence at, at some point, so that's going to come with time. But, hey, give me that team against any NHL team, and I think we win the Stanley Cup. That's the kind of quality you have of players. Eugene, uh, one of your players from the Ottawa Senators retired just recently, Chris Phillips. What did he mean to your your organization? Uh, Chris, Chris was a champ. He, um, he just brought so much um, seniority, uh, so to speak, just in his demeanor, the way he walked around, everybody knew that he was he, he was like the gentle giant all over the place. Everybody really respected him. And, um, you know, when he was playing, he was our shutdown guy. And I think that's what we missed last year is a guy that you put out for the last two minutes. You just don't get by him. He just shuts you down. And, uh, you know, we missed that. Now, we brought veterans in to kind of fill that gap. And we've got uh, some very, very good defensemen. But, you know, Chris Phillips is one of these quiet guys, just does his job and makes sure that, uh, you know, he puts points up. So it's a, it's a loss, but it's, it is, it's the game. So you live with it and uh, you continue on. Uh, Eugene Melnick, owner of the Ottawa Centres. Eugene, there's a couple of, uh, a couple, probably a lot of, but a couple of things exciting in Ottawa. 
that I want to focus in on, um, and uh, perhaps you can update us on what's going on. Um, one, of course, is there's a new arena being discussed in Ottawa. We, there's a talk of bringing it to downtown Ottawa, and I know that you're uh, significantly involved in that project. Bring us up to date on, on that project. Yeah, we're kind of limited on what we can say. Um, that's one of the rules of that game, but it's, um, uh, it's progressing. We're talking with the city, which is critical to um, you know, being uh, much more involved. We still have to talk to the province. So there's a lot happening, uh, and also we're we're working obviously with the NCC because it is in um, NCC land. So we um, uh, we're progressing through. It's extremely complex. Uh, you know, this project is in the multiple billions, and uh, our arena is just maybe 10, 15 percent of all that. So there's a lot more development there than uh, just our arena, but. Our arena, I think, is central so that uh, you can draw people to... Oh, by the way, you hear the sirens. I hope hope they're not coming after you, you, Eugene. Eugene. This is not New York. This is downtown Toronto. (laughs) Hope you were Um, a good boy last night. Go ahead. (laughs) I hope they're not coming after you, sir. No, 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 no. I was a good good person last night. But uh, So uh, it's progressing, and we're hoping that uh, we can make all our submissions uh, soon and uh, get to the point where we can get uh, negotiating even further, and then we start, uh, we hope to start building. Uh, Eugene, uh, other, other uh, project that I've been, uh, been following that's uh, also being discussed up in Ottawa, and perhaps you can update us on that. And, and, and interestingly enough, we had Brandon Shanahan last week on the show. We are talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs 100th year anniversary, which is this year, and mm-hmm. it's a big deal in Toronto. But uh, what's, what's coming up on the radar screen is uh, Canadians, uh, it really hasn't hit us, but it's our 150th anniversary oh, next year. The next year is full of anniversaries. Yeah, so Canada's it's Canada's 150th. The NHL. The NHL's 100th. Yeah. You've got our 100th. Oh, is it the Ottawa Senators' hundredth as well? Yeah. Wow, yeah. I wasn't aware of that. But tell us, you're—I you're, uh, think Ottawa is in the forefront of of a big outdoor I'm game. I'm sorry, 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 Walter. It's not a hundred. It's a hundred and twenty-five. Hundred and twenty-five. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. The first team was, uh, yeah. It's. Uh, I mean, in those days, they won. Uh, they were the first dynasty ever. They won eleven Stanley Cups, and um, then they shut down. I think in the thirties, and then it came back. Just as you know, twenty year, twenty five, and it's our our the modern days twenty five. So we, we, we certainly wish the senators uh, congratulations on that. But there's a project next year that's that I've seen discussed, and you're trying to bring a game to Ottawa to celebrate Canada's hundred and fiftieth anniversary, and it, it's a talk about trying to get a outdoor game with the Parliament Building as a backdrop. Is that is that within the realm of possibility? It is. It's a question of, um, you know, getting, put it this way, I will bring my team, but, uh, you know, it's it really, it's a, there's a cost to, to being able to do that. I've always said, if it's, if it's, you know, if they want to play in the stadium, I'm not interested. Um, it is exciting. It is an outdoor game. But if you put it in front of Parliament Hill, it becomes a global, iconic game. You know, just think of that backdrop in, a, in games being played in front of it, because it's not just the game, the big game. And it would be, if we were to do it, it would be a re, almost not a reenactment, but the, the two teams that played the first hockey game ever 
was um, Ottawa, Montreal. And um, that's, I think that's the game that would be played. And, you know, it just takes a lot of logistics, and it's not easy to put up, do a pop-up stadium in front of Parliament, but it's doable. But, uh, you know, that's what I'm interested in. And we'd bring our team, and it's a big, it would be a big, big, big deal. But you need the city support, you need the federal support for it, and, um, you know, everybody kind of has to move together on this. Eugene, uh, this year you have a new coach in Guy Boucher. Uh, what do you expect of the club this season? Well, first of all, we expect to be in the playoffs. I think everybody's in sync on that. Uh, and I'm confident with what we have, unless we get these disastrous injuries. You know, last year was filled with injuries. You, 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 very early in the season, we wiped out Phillips. We wiped out um, Clark MacArthur and others. And then uh, you got to try to live with that with a you know, partial team. And these were important guys. They were, um, you know, they were the shutdown guys, and that's exactly where we fell apart. So right now we have a playoff, uh, certainly a playoff contender, and we hope a, a certain playoff team. And we think we can go a long way. But as you know, the playoffs, anything can happen. I mean, look at the, you know, what happened to Washington. They were dominating everybody completely to get to the playoffs, and it's a different story. And although they did well initially. You know, they got blown out. So, yeah, it's it's always the the teams that you not least expect, but you figure they'll be in the mix, but they're not quite, you know, the favorite for you know for a Stanley Cup. What is the extent of Mark Stone's injury? He, he's been reported this morning that he has a concussion. He, uh, yes, but there was some good news that came to me. I don't know how public that is. I'll leave that to the coaches and coaching staff. But we did get some great news on uh, on Mark, and uh, these are just um, you know a lot of stuff is precautionary. We we're extremely careful when it comes to concussions. I think every hockey team is, and uh, for the well-being of the players, and uh, we don't fool around when it comes to that. It's a serious game. So in any event, he's apparently, according to this morning, my my emails are saying that um, that uh, he's progressing very very well, and um, he may not even miss a beat. Uh, Eugene, before uh, I don't want to catch you off guard here, but you're going to get a question from a, a gentleman that's in studio with us this morning, former player for uh, Washington Capitals, Lou Franceschetti. Okay. So you're now going to hear the voice of Lou Franceschetti. I didn't want to catch you off guard. No problem. Eugene, who are you this morning? Good, thank you. I played for uh, for your GM for a number of years. Probably one of the uh, the guy that put me on the map, Brian Murray. Okay. Uh, one, how is his health doing? And two, how is... Um, our cast off here in Toronto, Dion Phaneuf fitted into the dressing room, into the community, into the hockey club uh, with you guys, being its first year since the start of the year. Well, let's uh, first of all, Brian, everything I hear is great. I mean, I haven't seen him in about four to six weeks, though, uh, since the summer. Um, I'm sorry, I saw him at the draft last, so that would have been in June, July, somewhere in there. And oh, and uh, when we had a big uh, reception for Alfie um, and announced that we're going to have uh, a commemorative uh, evening for him, so that's where I last saw him. He looked awesome. He looked absolutely awesome, and he couldn't even tell that anything was wrong. But uh, and he's battling away. You never know with these things. You know, he to me it looks like he's pulling it off. Not pulled it off yet, but he's pulling it off. Uh, on. Um, <laughs> 
On Dion, it's probably one of the best trades we've ever made. Uh, he brings great maturity. Everybody loves him. Uh, he's great in the dressing room. He's a great player. He's, he brings the maturity to the team and the dressing room presence, and uh, it's everything we were hoping for, and you know, he's the real deal for us. Talking to Eugene Malik. Eugene, we won't keep you very much longer, and uh, there's just. Well, I'll finish it off with. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on a, on a special gentleman, and I know we we corresponded by uh, by email yep. about this. And we, right after the after we're, this interview, we're going to be talking to Leo Routens, who's oh, a. Oh, okay. We're going to be talking to Leo Routens. So we're going to bring him on to talk about. Uh, that special building at Bathurst and St. Clair, it's yep. yellow bricked building, and I know you're one of the one. Uh, uh, and we we talk about St. Mike's on the shore every now and then. In fact, you recall the last time we had John, we talked about a fellow alumnus, Dave Keon. We had him in studio, yeah. and yeah, so yeah, yeah. We, we we get a chance to talk about St. Mike's every now and then. We want to talk to Leo, but there's a there's a special gentleman. You went to St. Mike's and St. Michael's College School in Toronto in the 1970s. There's a special gentleman that taught basketball there, and they're they're having a uh, ceremonial uh, tournament for him this week, Dan Prendergast, who's a legend in the uh, Toronto basketball community, and uh, you were at St. Mike's uh, uh, while he was there. Uh, Tell us a little bit about your special recollections of of a special man. Well, first of all, on Leo, just say hello. We uh, certainly will. He was my, his locker was next to mine, and... um, uh, you know, he just a, was a great, great player. And Dan Prendergast, let me tell you, this guy is a legend in a lot of people's uh, lives. And uh, he was, the, the guy, besides being basketball, he was also the guidance counselor. So we interacted with him as a guidance counselor. And he he just helped every kid along. You know, just he'd take the time patiently, like a coach. So he was almost like before the name uh, Life Coach became popular, that's what he did with young men. And we were like 15, 16, 17, and he'd point us in the right direction. He'd be very calm about it but and firm. Um, and then, like a good coach, he would just uh, let you go, and uh, if you ever needed to touch base with him, his door was always open. I can't say enough great, great things about Dan. And I think uh, everybody in the basketball community, the St. Uh, Mike's world, would all say the same thing. We've been talking to Eugene Melnick, owner of the Toronto, uh, Toronto, the Ottawa Senators. Uh, uh, Eugene, we uh, don't know how to say thank you enough for joining us on a Sunday morning. Uh, my pleasure. Thanks, great. Thanks so much, and uh, we wish you all the best, uh, the Ottawa Senators this year, except for when they play the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, we'll get you. Thanks very much. <laughs> Thanks, Eugene. Take care. That, of course, was uh, Eugene Melnick, and uh, we'll go to break, and we'll be right back after the break with Leo Routens. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville announced the Pepperoni Party Pizza Special. Get 24 slices for just $24. Can you eat it all in just 24 hours? 24 square slices smothered in pepperoni. You've also got to deal with six bottles of Pepsi. 24 plus six Pepsi for 24. Can you finish it? Go to pizzaville.ca for details. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal? Yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. 
At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them every day. They've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. They never argue sports. They just explain while they're always correct. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto and we're pleased to welcome to the show uh, Toronto uh, Raptors uh, uh, color commentator and former former Toronto basketball legend Leo Routens. Good morning, Leo. How are you this morning? Hey, Wally. I'm great. Uh, Former always works. No, you know. (laughs) You're still a legend in our mind, Leo. Certainly. Thanks for joining us. Just want to let you know of course, Naz is with me in studio, and uh, we also have with us this morning Lou Franceschetti. And uh, Leo, your former locker, whoever had the locker next to you at St. Mike's says hello. Uh, I don't want to jog your memory, but uh, we, we just got off the phone with uh, Eugene Melnick, and he obviously he wanted to say hello to you. So on behalf of Eugene, good morning. Oh, I appreciate that. Always great to hear from Eugene. You know, so many great uh uh, great folks went to St. Mike's, and uh, it's always great to hear from all of them. And we, that's the great one of the one of the cool things, you know. You know, while it's like I tell people all the time, you, you really don't have, uh, you know, you think you have a lot of insight when you're young, but you really don't. And sometimes you make decisions you don't realize how they're going to impact your life. Well, I made two decisions: one to go to St. Mike's, and the other one to go to Syracuse. And I run into people all over the world in unbelievable positions that went to either St. Mike's or Syracuse. So uh, it's it's one of those places that, um, you know, you're just going to meet more and more people. And uh, it's amazing that the reach uh, St. Mike's has. Incredible. Yeah, but, and we and that's why I wanted to get you on the show this morning, because there's an event coming up this Friday that we, we, we talked about on our show a couple of weeks ago. We just briefly chatted with, with Eugene about uh, – going to St. Mike's in the 1970s like you did. And just want to remind our listeners that, you know, when I say that Leo Routens is a Toronto basketball legend, I'm, I'm not stretching the truth. Uh, you, were, you were the, you know, the, the best high school basketball player of, of your generation. Uh, and I double fact-check this, and uh, you were the first Canadian drafted in the first round of the NBA. And uh, 
And and that and that all started, I guess, at that yellow brick building at Bathurst in St. Clair. And uh, St. Mike's is certainly St. Michael's College School is a special school. We, you know, I run across graduates of St. Mike's all the time. Um, you know, I've been at a couple of the alumni golf tournaments and. All the old graduates, they all show up. I've run into Frank Mahovlich there. I've run into Red Kelly, Dave Keon. There's something special about that school, isn't there, Leo? Tell us a little bit about that, and tell us about that special man that uh, that you played basketball for and the influence he had on your life, Dan Prendergast. No, you're absolutely correct. I mean, it, it really was a, and still is a you know, very unique place. As you said, you know the the history, the the wall of fame, the people, not only in the sports world but in the corporate world and the uh, in the world of giving and 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 generosity. I mean, there's so many great people uh, that have gone to St. Mike's, and you know their motto their motto is teach me goodness, discipline, and knowledge. And, uh, I, I think that's that's not just a motto; it's a way of life. And, and as a result, you just have so many so many great people that have walked through those doors. Uh, and Dan Prendergast, uh, my coach, was one of those. And you know, Dan, you know, I was a, I was in kind of a unique situation where, you know, I, I made the national team in high school. So you know, I, I, I'm, I'm traveling around the world playing, you know, against the best teams in the world, coming back and playing high school. And uh, you know, you think, uh, you know, if, if you think I can, I could come back and and uh, walk around like, uh, you know, I'm a big man. Uh, uh-uh. uh. You know, Dan Prendergast. You know, he taught you how to be humble, how to be hungry, how to work, and, and and how to carry yourself. And and I think that's the biggest thing. You know, you can have a coach. Uh, a coach can help you with your game, but but can a coach make you uh, a better player, a better person? Uh, teach you how to, you know, how to how to live your life properly, um, how to interact and uh, deal with people at, at so many different levels and. You know, I think Dan Prendergast, if you talk to any of the guys that played for him, they'll all tell you, you know, what a special person he was, how much he cared, how much the, you know, he, the, the hours that he spent, uh, you know, you know we, we used to get mad when we didn't have practice on Christmas Day. <laughs> you know, we, we, were in, we were in a gym all the time. And, well, I hope you didn't uh, practice on Christmas Day. You guys were good Catholics. Come on. Well, we were good Catholics, but here, here, here's the thing. And I told the priestess that if uh, you know, I, I was with the family in the morning, and I went to church. Well, after my uh, obligations were done, I, I found a little gym time. <laughs> but you know, that that was actually one of the cool things about St. Mike's. You know, Dan, Dan knew we were doing this, and, and and quite frankly, all the priests knew we were doing this, and uh, they were just really cool about it. Uh, you know, the the priests used to live on campus, so you know, we could come into the Brazilian residence go through the cafeteria, get to the balcony, drop somebody off the balcony. <laughs> and it's usually it was the youngest guy. And that, that guy could go behind the stage, lower the baskets, open the, open the back door, and we were in the gym. And uh, we did this all the time. I mean, I spent many a night uh, in the St. Mike's gym working on my game playing. Uh, and, you know, the, none of the priests, nobody ever stopped it. And, you know, you look at a lot of young kids today, what's the biggest problem? can't get in the gym. I can't have nowhere to go play. And, uh, you know, at St. Mike's, we always had a gym. And, uh, you know, Dan Prentengast and, and the and, uh, Brazilian fathers were always uh, encouraging and, and allowing it to happen. So, uh, you know, uh, I incredible debt owed to, you know, everybody there. Uh, we're talking to Leo Routens. And, uh, Leo, when I, when I woke up this morning, I walked outside, and, and we, we've talked about the influence. We've talked on our show quite a bit in the past about the influence that a coach can have 
on on the live on the lives of of a young athlete, especially in high school, because it's such an influential time in your life. When I walked out this morning, I was reminded of that because there's a little bit of chill in the air, and, and and it's this time of year that reminds me of playing high school football. And Naz and I, who uh, uh, our first relationship when we got, when we got together, we played on the same high school football team together, and we had a certain coach. Uh, and it, it just smelled like high school football this morning. And I thought about high school and I thought about the influence of a coach. And, you know, and, you know, and I know how important Dan Prendergast was to, to you guys. And you've been a coach at certain times of your life. Um, do you understand? I mean, when you, you know, I, I think you do. But just to explain from the coach's point of view the, you know, the, the responsibility that you have uh, when you're teaching young men or women. I think it's a huge responsibility. Uh, and like I said, that you know, uh, obviously, you know, if I'm a basketball coach, I, I would like you to make you a better player. Uh, obviously, I'd like my team uh, to perform and play better. At the same time, uh, especially at the young ages, I, I think there is an obligation to teach, to teach players, you know, like I said, how to not only how to play basketball, but how to live your life and, 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 and how to do things the right way, uh, you know. Uh, how to train the right way, how to, you know, like I said, socially, you know, you have to deal uh, as an athlete, you know, there, I, I, I didn't enjoy every coach I've ever played for. I didn't enjoy every teammate I ever played with. I didn't, but that's part of it. You've got to learn no different than when you go to a job. doesn't mean you like your boss or you like the people you're working with all the time, but you have to find a way to coexist, how to way, how, not only coexist, but to function and succeed. So those are all things that you have to, you know, you have to pass along to your players so they can work in, in all kinds of different environments. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I was, I was very blessed. Um, you know, I, not only, you know, I had Dan Prentegast and, and, and Jack Donahue, um, as coaches at a very young age. And, you know, I, I learned so much, uh, you know, I tell people all the time that, you know, if you listen to me doing a game on TV or, if I'm coaching you, you're really hearing, you know, Dan Pernigast and Jack Donahue. You're, you know, the the values and the the, the philosophies and 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 the teachings that they kind of bestowed on me um, are are really who I am, and, and and not only as a as a person, but as a coach. Uh, I pass uh, and I've tried to pass those things along because it, it is so important. Um, you know, the the the, the game of uh, sports in general is just so much more than just winning and losing. Uh, losing games you, uh, and at that young age you have to make sure that you know all those lessons are passed along to those kids and you know Dan Pernigas is one of the best ever we're talking to Leo Routens real Leo I'm gonna let you go shortly but I do want to read a I want to I want to read this promo so that you can listen to it before we let you go uh, I'm just going to pass on to all the St. Mike's alumni out there that are listening uh, that have supported our show uh, that there's a special uh, tournament this week for the Dan Prendergast Legacy Golf Tournament. Uh, in his honor, all proceeds will go to the Dan and Sharon Prendergast Fund at St. Michael's College School. It's certainly to uh, celebrate his life as a teacher, counselor, administrator, and beloved ambassador for St. Michael's College School. For all of you St. Mike's alumni or anybody who wishes to participate, Contact Dominic DeLuca, class of 76. I'll read out his phone number, 416-834-8599. 416-834-8599. Dominic DeLuca. Leo, 
Thanks so much for coming on and sharing your memories of, of a fine gentleman and sharing your insights into the importance of coaches in the lives oh, of, hey, of young men and women. Always great. Hey, always great to be on with you guys. I really appreciate it, and uh, I hope everybody. Uh, there's a lot of great basketball people in the city of Toronto. I hope you come out and uh, have a great day of golf and and share a, share a memory of Dan Pernagast. Thanks so much, Leo. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks. That, of course, was uh, Leo Routens. Uh, uh, Lou, most influential coach in your life. Think about that one. Oh boy. Both from a skills perspective and from a life skill from a from a a sports skills perspective and from a life skills perspective. How much? How important was life skills part of it for you? Well, you got to remember, uh, society back then was a lot different than it is right now. You know, you, you were born to uh, immigrant parents who really didn't know any any language at all. So, anything that I uh, that I knew, or I more or less I had to learn on my own because there wasn't that many there wasn't that many teachers, and really you didn't know who your good ones were uh, back then. And uh, maybe I didn't pay too much. Uh, uh, respect to the fact that who the, who the person was, but obviously you you got to go to uh, probably my first couple of years of pro hockey uh, when you you were one of the best junior players uh, on your team going up, and really uh, you think you can take some sidesteps ahead of everybody because of what you've done, and uh, and it really never happens. That uh, probably Brian Murray would be my the top guy on my list right now. I tried to come to practice one day, and uh, I told him, listen, I, I can't go because my, something was wrong with me. And uh, Brian says, listen, uh, get your ass back in the dressing room, get your equipment on, get on the ice. If not, then uh, you're going down to the, the third tier of, uh, of hockey then. And it was more or less I had to open up my eyes and, and say, okay, well, if this is what I want to do, then I've got to do what he's saying. Naz, I know that you've uh, you spent a lot of time coaching minor yeah. hockey, yeah. very involved. Yeah. In a lot of minor hockey programs, uh, what did you want to accomplish when you were a minor hockey coach? What was important uh, well, to you? What was the, the feedback you got from parents about what your role and your responsibilities were? No, I, the way I treated it was that uh, they should all have fun and enjoy the game, really, and that's that's the main main part of what I went through, right? And that's the most important thing, and. Uh, and teach him to try to be a good person, too. And that's where I, what I looked at. And it was funny, you know, you brought up the coaching part. We had uh, the the kids in for Rob Ford that one time. Yeah. And it really fits into this because they, you saw the kids, how they reacted to Rob Ford as a uh, coach. And it was an interesting discussion with uh, Leo and yourself on that, and uh, that's what I took from it. And coaches are very important to uh, – they're, they're very important to you. Certainly, they're, they, uh, certainly in, in, at certain times, that, you know, especially in your early teenage years where you're still trying to find your way. Um, and, you know, good role models, uh, obviously you get it from your parents, number one. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, uh, you know, a minor, minor and, and in my case, it was, uh, I, have, I have incredibly fond memories in, of uh, playing soccer, um, probably from about the age of 10 to 16. And I had a, a, a great soccer coach, uh, Bill Walker. If you're listening, Bill, I hope you're well. Uh, thanks for all the time that you took uh, 
took for us. Uh, you know, uh, incredibly fond memories of those days and uh, hope to get, we had, interestingly enough, we had a reunion of our soccer team a couple of years ago. Uh, we hadn't seen each other in about uh, 30, 30, 35 years, if not more. And, uh, there, you know, there's something special uh, about, and I'm sure, you know, Lou, you probably see when you go to some of these alumni things, uh, as you get older in life, you, I guess you sort of treasure more and more uh, those times when you had when you were younger and your buddies and uh, your coach and the wars you fought together and the victories and the losses and the stories get more exaggerated as the years go along and the goals get more fantastic. And, uh, but certainly uh, those are incredible memories and, 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 and the linchpin and the foundation of those stories usually is that coach that, that kept your team together. And, uh, and I know we all, I know Naz... We have great memories of our high school football team uh, together, and I know Lou, you've you played uh, a lot of different sports with a lot of different people, and I know you've got some fantastic memories of some of that stuff as well. Anyways, I want to move on. Um, we're going to go back to the uh, World Cup of Hockey, Canada. Um, uh, they are certainly dominating the tournament so far, and the question has already arisen or is going to be debated. And we may be getting ahead of ourselves here. I certainly don't want to jinx them because, you know, they haven't won the tournament yet. Um, uh, and certainly, you know, if, if Sweden goes through, certainly Sweden's got the goaltender and the defense to make things difficult for Team Canada. I don't think overall they're as good as Canada is, but you never know what happens in a short series, Lou. But um, they're saying this is the best Canadian team ever, or this collection, this current generation of Canadian hockey players is the best ever. And I certainly can only, there's only one team, I think they are, there's only one team I may slot ahead of them, is the 76 team. Lou, Naz, your thoughts? Well, um, I really don't think that there's a team in the World Cup that can touch Team Canada, whether they put an A team, a B team, or even a C team together. You look at the players that they've replaced uh, through injuries, and it's more or less they haven't missed a step. Uh, last night was probably the most dangerous game because Bobrovsky was the only goalie on the Russian team that I thought could have stolen that game. You look at in the first 30 minutes of that game, it could have been easily 6 or 7 nothing for Team Canada, but it wasn't. Uh, Hendrik Lundqvist is in the same boat as Bobrovsky. The problem is here is I'm not sure whether the Swedes are deep enough. I'm not sure whether Team Europe is deep enough and strong enough, and I don't think Halak is the goalie that could actually stand on his head to beat him in a, in a three-game series. Naz, where does this team stack up in, 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 in the ranks of the great Canadian team? National uh, hockey st- teams of all time. It has to stand up with uh, the 76 team for sure. And they're as good. They really are. They're deeper than the 76 team. I, even. I, it's, it's amazing. But I'll tell you one thing. The, guy, the, the team that's coming up that will eventually challenge <laughs> Canada will be the U.S. They, in the past three years, take a look at the NHL draft. A lot I mean, of U.S. No, there, there's no question. And it's you know what? I feel, not that I feel it bad for lot. the U.S., but... Um, they they almost had to play this this tournament with with handcuffs on because you go through that young gun lineup as I like to call it um, 
there's at least five or six Americans on that young gun lineup that should have been on the senior team. They're good enough. You're looking at me skeptically, Lou. There, there's, you know, the Americans would have had a much stronger team uh, if they had been able to put their best players on the ice. And that, that you know what? It's a shame because it wasn't best on best, certainly as far as the Americans were concerned. Um, it wasn't best on best. This is, this is the next generation of American hockey players are going to make the U.S. compete for world championships and gold medals. They're that good. And they missed that in this tournament. And it's a shame. Um, you go through Canada's lineup, like Naz says, they're stacked. They're, there's only two guys, maybe three, you know. And let, let's talk about that for a second. McKinnon, Riley, um, McDavid, Ekblad. To me, the four best Canadian young guns in that tournament, right or wrong. Yeah, you're right. You, you well, Ekblad, far, was yeah. Ekblad was hurt, though. So. But before he got hurt. You're, you're right. Yeah. I, I look at the Americans, and, and as deep as they're going to, as they're getting with future drafts, they don't have the puck stopper. They don't have the carry price in between the pipes, and I'm not sure whether yeah, they can Canada's develop. Got, you know, I, I hate to interrupt you, Luke. <laughs> after but, carry price, yeah, uh, who have we got coming after Gary, carry price? But carry price is still only 27, 28 years old, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, so he's good for another six or seven years. Okay. So we better you, find then, one. Then you're going to give us that much more time to find another puck stopper, or even. Maybe do we, this do we, do we need the kid. big puck stopper with the D that we have and the, and the front line we have? Let's talk about goaltending for, for a second. And, and I, I'm going through the minor hockey. We were talking about minor hockey coaching and seeing minor hockey. What's happening with goalies? They, they're hard to scout. They're hard to see who's good, who's not good. Very difficult position. Just take a look at Matt Murray. He wins the Stanley Cup. Where did he come from? I mean, he came from the Sioux. But. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, he wasn't like... Uh, a name goalie in junior hockey. Goalies or, are hard to pick now. They're hard to well, pick. That's why they don't, dra- they don't draft them in the first rounds anymore. Okay, let's go back to that. What about Holtby? Do you think any goalie would have made the difference on the, on the negative side for Team Canada? You look at Crawford, if, if he would have played. If you look at Holtby, no, this, if he would have no, played. No, this, because, Canadian team, this team is very This good. Canadian team's at a different level right now. Yeah. Right now. Yeah, because the right system now. that, that right. Babcock has put in, it, it it's a... Th- 20-man team. It's not a an individual team like it was, I'd say, 20, 25 years ago. They're, Even though they were... Team Canada is always going to be deep. Whatever you... It's just a matter of whether the players buy into the system that the coach installs, whether they're going to survive or not. The players from day one have bought into the Babcock system. There was there was rumors or there was, there was talk um, in the Vancouver Olympics... Because they lost the U.S. 5-3. Well, if they lost one more game, they would have been out. Again, the, the players. If you have players like Jonathan Taze, Sidney Crosby, players of that nature that are going to lead the way, and guys, listen, we have to play this way. We have survived before. We will win before, and we will win now if you buy in. It's like what everybody says. Check your ego at the door. You know, the, the, the depth of Canadian hockey right now is just astounding. The best it's ever been in history, as far as I'm concerned. Look at who you're missing. You're missing Tyler Sagan, Jamie Benn, and Duncan Keith. And it's like, you haven't missed... You Your haven't, fourth line is O'Reilly, <laughs> Duchesne, O'Reilly, Duchesne. You haven't Duchesne. missed a heartbeat. And, you, and, and in, in, in the Sochi Olympics, you basically won the gold medal without Stamkos and without Tavares. Yeah. 
And look and who they got coming up. You got, you, got, you got McKinnon coming up. We don't know what Jonathan Drouin's going to do coming up. And McDavid uh, is... And, and, and McDavid. He, I mean, the, the kid you know, is out of this world. So you're, you're replacing your top six forwards, or your bottom six, okay, with McDavid, <laughs> McKinnon, and, uh, and, and Drouin. Like, there's, there's no drop-off there, and it's unbelievable. And if you put a B Team Canada together, I bet you they will compete head-to-head with the A Team on a regular basis. Anyways, uh, certainly this week we'll be watching the Blue Jays and we'll be watching Team Canada and we hope for positive results from both. It's been another great week on the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. To Naz, have a fantastic week. To Lou, have a fantastic week. Bills and Cardinals today. (laughs) Big upset. Go Bills, go. Have a great week, everyone. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.